Okay, good morning. This is Richard Shu, host of Shu Untie. Today, I'm very pleased and honored to have with my guest, uh, Trevor Soames, who's a partner at Quinn Emanuel. Trevor, welcome to the show. Hi, Richard, and uh, hello to your listeners. I'm delighted to be on your wonderful show, which, as you know, I have been an admirer of for quite some time. Well, it's great to have you finally on. <clears throat> now, let me ask you, uh, to begin with, you know, how did you start your career and become such an esteemed lawyer in antitrust and anti-competition? Entirely by mistake. Uh, I never planned or wanted to become a lawyer. I had other plans, uh, but I was arrested by the police for selling strawberries outside Wimbledon uh, shortly after well, actually, shortly after I left university. And at that particular point in time, I defended myself, researched the law, cross-examined the police in court and proved that, regrettably and to my horror, they were lying and got off. And I have always enjoyed public speaking. And the advocacy side of the law attracted me. And as a result of that, I stayed on in Cambridge to study law. And uh, after various... Uh, um, peregrinations, uh, I became a lawyer. Uh, but I started off as a lawyer and doing crime and matrimonial and what we call in England general common law as a trial advocate, as a barrister. It wasn't until some time later that I actually started to do competition law, as we call it, or called it, in Europe at that time and ultimately later antitrust. So it's all a bit of a mistake, Richard. This was never part of the plan. Well, did you like getting into antitrust competition law or what did you, how did you like it when you first started it? The reason I started to do it was because I decided to leave the bar feeling that I was not really a master, an expert in anything in particular. I was doing landlord and tenant one day in one court, then divorce in another, then I'd be doing a crime or uh, doing road traffic or theft or helping somebody on a murder. And uh, every day was different. That was interesting, but I felt I wasn't an expert, and I wanted to become an expert in something. And at that particular moment in time, which was uh, in the mid-1980s, there was a lot of activity with what was called the Big Bang, the deregulation of financial services in the United Kingdom, privatization, a lot of M&A activity. And I thought that competition law sounded really quite interesting, being a mixture of a lot of politics economics and law and the combination of all of them attracted them attracted me and i ended up uh, going into the british government and advising the then secretary of state and his ministers on european and uk competition law although at that particular moment in time i knew nothing about it which is pretty typical of the british government having people who know nothing about the subject upon which they're advising their ministers well, how were you able to make that leap? Because that does seem like a big stretch from doing matrimonial and criminal cases to antitrust. It's an extremely good question. They must have been desperate to have me. Uh, and a lot of self-motivation, which I think is important for your younger listeners. Uh, in order to change direction at that time, I had to teach myself competition law. 
Uh, I had to read lots of books in my spare time. I had to get myself up to speed. Nobody had ever taught me at that particular moment in time when studying law how to even read and to understand a judgment of the European Court of Justice or a European Commission decision. And so all these things I had to teach myself with help from my then colleagues, um, uh, both in the Department of Trade and Industry, uh, and then at Linklaters, which was the first law firm I joined in London. Hmm. Well, you've obviously had a very successful career now in antitrust. You know, what are some of the you know, highlights or key moments, would you say, in your career? Well, I've been privileged to have done many and various things. I have so many highlights, it's quite difficult to identify, you know, particular ones. There have been a lot of very significant successes. I've been fortunate in only, as far as I know, having one failure. May that uh, continue. Um, Of those things that stand out as being particularly exciting of which there are many. Um, I suspect highlights would include working with a fantastic team of lawyers during the very contentious and high profile for that time merger between British Airways and British Caledonian, basically uh, um, um, the merger of the first and second largest UK airlines at that time and the privatisation of British Airways. Those were very interesting. I enjoyed my time at the Department of Trade and Industry advising my minister, uh, Michael Howard. Uh, That was entertaining in the extreme. Uh, Big successes would include uh, succeeding in uh, defeating a highly aggressive series of complainants against Qualcomm in the periods between 2005 and 2009, six complainants uh, litigating against Qualcomm before the European Commission, and very unlike almost any other US high-tech company at that time, we managed to ensure that the European Commission dropped the investigation without even issuing uh, a statement of objections, uh, which, like an indictment, it was uh, dropped after an intensive and long investigation. There are many others, I suspect. There may be just another sort of really silly one. I used to do a lot of work with uh, Sir Michael Bishop, who was now Lord Bishop, uh, who used to be the owner of a... uh, a a British airline called British Midland, which at that time was a leader in the deregulated aviation industry in the 1980s. And uh, one particular day, he wanted to open up uh, the Paris airports and he wanted to fly into Orly. Uh, the French government prohibited from doing him, him from doing so, and it was a panic-stricken ev- evening because Sir Michael wanted to actually get arrested and fly his aircraft, fly a British Midland jet, into Orly without French permission in order to demonstrate that the French were discriminating against his airline by not allowing it access to that airport. Let us say it was a very exciting uh, and stressful evening. It's not often you have a client flying their airline's aircraft into another country, into another airport, where the government is insisting they cannot land. And if they were to land, they had to arrest him on the spot. <laughs> Funny. So, now, t- tell me, um, what, is it you th- what is it about antitrust law that you think is so interesting and fascinating to you? It's that combination It's the combination of three things that I'm interested in. The first thing is economics and 
antitrust is, of course, very rich in terms of microeconomics and understanding how businesses work. And to be a successful antitrust lawyer, you really need to understand your client's business. That's very interesting to me because I come from a strong family business background. And so that's the first item. The second item is often in the large antitrust cases, and that's what I specialize in. There's a significant amount of political input, generally very high profile, uh, very politically sensitive uh, in the newspapers and on television. That's also interesting because it's not just a matter of going to court, but rather it's also uh, ensuring you understand the political background and how to make the system work or not work, as the case may be. And finally, there's law, of course. You have to be a very good lawyer, uh, but being a good lawyer is a necessary but insufficient condition to be successful in antitrust. You need to have the combination of all of them. Now, you mentioned earlier reference to my younger listeners. Uh, tell me a little bit about some of the advice you give to younger lawyers who either want to start a career in law or specifically want to go into antitrust competition law. That's a very interesting question. Um, I suppose a number of things sort of come to mind literally off the top of my head. Um, The first is to try and do an area of law that you enjoy, whatever it is. I mean, it doesn't matter if it's antitrust, it can be anything. Because there's nothing worse I would have thought in life than to be stuck in a job, whatever it may be, doing something you don't enjoy. So finding an area of law that interests you, or if you can't decide, then ensuring that you keep your options open for as long as possible. So you don't find that you're doing something that you hate, And by then, it's actually too late or very difficult to move to something else. So that's my first suggestion. I think the second one is that inevitably, one will be working with other people and working for people more senior than you. I think it is vital to ensure that the young lawyer becomes indispensable. They work hard. They understand things. They read around the subject and be indispensable to those with whom you are working because In the market for associate services, this is the way I put it to associates who work with me, you know, if you're working in a law firm, there's a bunch of associates, uh, they're all effectively competing for the best work. You want to put yourself in a position where you're creating demand. People want to work with you because you're very good, you give great attention to the work, you demand a lot of yourself to create top quality work and you deliver it on time, and you don't make the mistake that some people do under great pressure of overtrading, of doing too much, taking on too much work and producing bad work. Because if you produce one piece of bad work, it's rather like if you go to a restaurant and you have food poisoning. You know, Do you go back to the restaurant that you've had food poisoning? Do you go back to the associate willingly who's done something really bad for you? And therefore, or maybe you would, But it's a disincentive. And so those are, I think, a few hints that I'd identify. And I think maybe, if I might just add a third one, is becoming an expert. Um, Of course, this doesn't apply to everybody. But again, it goes to the indispensability criterion. When I decided to leave the bar and do something different, actually, it wasn't just antitrust I looked at. I also looked at tax. I like chess, and I found tax a self-contained subject, which one could master, be incredibly complicated. And if you became an expert in tax, you could be perhaps the best in the market. So whatever it is that you choose to do, do aim for the stars. Do try to be the best or the very best that you possibly can be. 
uh, and hopefully all good things will come in your direction. Now, Trevor, I know you're a very young man and you've obviously a very successful uh, antitrust practitioner. Do you see yourself doing anything else? Do you see yourself practicing in the area of law or doing something even outside the law at some point? Uh, no, I mean, I wouldn't move away from this area of law. I suspect, well, I don't suspect, there is one aspect of my practice that I am seeking to change significantly. Um, and I have the benefit of being on this wonderful platform at Queen Emmanuel, which is to develop here in Brussels uh, a significant trial appellate practice before the courts in Luxembourg. So not just uh, doing cases before the European Commission and the antitrust agencies and appeals before the European courts, but actually to compete in the market to take freestanding litigation work. And indeed, I'm doing that at the moment. We have some major appeals that we're filing in a couple of days' time. And that litigation practice is not purely antitrust and regulation. Actually, the biggest case I'm handling at the moment, or one of the biggest cases, relates to the winding up and, as we call it in Europe, the resolution of a Spanish bank uh, by the uh, various regulatory agencies and mechanisms in the European Union, which occurred a couple of months ago and which uh, I'm helping colleagues and clients to litigate. It's nothing to do with antitrust, but it's very complex. It's got lots of European law in it, and it's just the sort of new angle to my practice that I'd like to add on top of antitrust. And, and the other thing that I do do, which has nothing to do with uh, uh, antitrust or competition law, is that I'm very interested uh, in photography. I believe I'm a good photographer. Uh, I learned it from my mother, who is, a, is a, still a famous international uh, press photographer and other members of the family. And uh, I travel to interesting places in the world and photograph. And indeed, at some point in time, perhaps I will do more of that going to places in the world which are threatened by climate change and by the destruction that uh, mankind is wreaking on our planet uh, and seek to document it in the best way possible. And indeed, for those of your listeners who may be there uh, and who may be interested, and if you don't mind me, Richard, giving a plug to my own personal website, uh, if you go to www www.trevorsomes.com, you'll find a selection of my photographs, which uh, I hope you, you enjoy. Well, Trevor, this has been a fascinating conversation. I have such great respect for you and enjoyed being your partner at Sherman & Sterling. Maybe perhaps someday you can come back and we can have a conversation about your photography uh, hobby. I would enjoy that enormously, Richard. And if I may say the same thing, working with you and being with you at Sherman & Sterling is one of the true highlights of being at the firm. This is Richard Chu and Trevor Soames. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.